0: Hey everybody, welcome to Roar, Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. My name is Sam Spellman, and this conversation is going to be super awesome. It's going to be amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. Um, If you've never listened to Roar before, this show is all about understanding who Jesus is and allowing the Word of God to reveal who He is through revelation, through teaching, through understanding. So, super, super excited. Thank you so much for joining in. Today, the show is going to be pretty, um, I would say, simple. These are some foundational things that the Lord's really been working um, in my heart, and I want to read out of Titus chapter 3. Um, so if you're listening, I'm going to read it. Don't worry about it. But if you got something, you got your Bible app or you got you know your Bible out, please, uh, please check it out and, and follow along because these chapters and the whole Bible itself, it's a re- revelation. It's a revelation of who Christ is. So it says this in verse 4, Titus chapter 3 and verse 4, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit whom He poured out on us richly through Christ Jesus our Savior so that being justified by His grace, we may become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy. Man, this is uh, this is some really good stuff. The goodness and the loving kindness of God appeared. He saved us. Um, the revelation that Jesus was the one that initiated it. The Father, Father God, He's the one that initiated our salvation. You know, sometimes it's, it's very easy to... Um, look carnally upon even our our salvation. And it's not an intentional thing, but it's easy to take ownership of it. It's easy to look at our our, our spiritual life, our relationship, and we begin to own it as if we initiated it, as if we started it. The Bible says that God, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. In other words, he didn't He didn't just say, okay, you're the beginning and I'm the end. He said, I am the beginning and the end. That means that which is started in us, that which God has begun in us through the seed that was planted when we were born again of the Spirit of God, that seed of the Spirit. It says this, the Spirit he poured upon us, the washing regeneration, verse 5, and renewal of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God, whom he poured out on us richly through Christ Jesus. So through Jesus, the Holy Spirit was released. Jesus said that I am sending one like myself, talking about the Holy Spirit, right, before he was ascended into heaven. There was this, this revelation, this realization that something, someone was coming to reside upon us and within us. And when we're born again, we have received the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, he is the spirit of truth, He is the counselor, he is the comforter, and he helps us to even understand the word of God itself. So continuing even in this, this saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. So in this, there's even a, there's an outer working. James says, I'll show you my faith and my works together. There's a connection. There's things that happen. When the goodness of God is really revealed and it is the starting point, letting that starting point be fully flushed out in our lives is something we get to do and we get to practice every day. As the Word of God reveals more and more of Christ, more and more of who we are is also revealed. Because Christ is called, the Bible says, He is the firstborn among many brethren, right? He is, again, the beginning and the end. But he was made and he was the example. The disciples would say, teach us. They called him rabbi or teacher because there was a way that Jesus did life that they were like, we need to understand this. This is something that we need to pick up. We need to, we need to collect this. We need to receive this into our own experience in our own life. Jumping back further up in this chapter. So before he talks about what we just read in verse 4, I want to go back to verse 1. And I want to read this. It says, remind them, right? Remind them, that's us as believers, to be what? Submissive to rulers in all authority, to be obedient and to be ready for every good work. Now, you can read that however you choose to read it. But let's just let the word of God land and say what it says. It says, be submissive. In other words, it doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you don't stand for truth. But it means you have a, a changed heart that when you react, you're not reactive, you're proactive. Because someone who's submitted, they're simply under someone else. You know, the word submit or submission, you know, think about it this way. If I'm submitted to someone, I am under their mission, right? If you're in the army, you're submitted to the government's mission. You're submitted to the army's mission. If you're in the Marines, you're submitted to the mission of the Marines or whatever that daily task is that you are given. You have submitted your life to that thing. It's very similar. When we receive Christ and we choose to to walk in the light and we choose to submit to Christ and walk in the family of God, right? Christ is king. It says he is king of kings and lord of lords. So we choose to follow the king. We submit our lives to the king and say, hey, what what do you choose for me to do today? What is my mission today? Having that proactive vision and and. In perspective, it changes some things. So we're saying remind them in this. Remind ourselves in these things. This is something that we can remind ourselves daily of. To be submissive to rulers and authorities. That's in the church and that's outside of the church. Be obedient. Be ready for every good work. Verse 2, speak evil of no one. Right? James says in James chapter 3, out of our mouth both blessing and cursing flows. He says these things shouldn't be so. Talks about does a does a well spring forth fresh water and salt water? You know, no, the tongue the tongue if we can tame our words or we don't speak evil. That's that's the goal, that's where we're pushing into every day. You know, even if it's just one less thing a day, you know, progress forward, walk forward in these things. Speak evil of no one, and avoid quarrelling. Excuse me, to avoid quarrelling or arguments be gentle and show perfect courtesy towards all people. You know, that that means we're strong, we're we're clear in who we are. See, when we when we allow the word to reveal who Christ is because when we're reading this, this is how Christ walked. You can see throughout the gospels that he was obedient. He was even obedient to his mother. The first miracle he performs, he's like, "Hey, this is it's not my time." You know, this This I'm not ready for the, you know, this is not the, the appointed time. But yet he chose to obey and honor and submit to his mother whenever she said, well, just do what he tells you to. So even Jesus, and then of course, at the end of his life in the garden of Gethsemane, whenever he is drinking that cup and he's preparing to go to the cross to redeem us, right, to redeem his family, to redeem his people, he chose to submit his will. He said, not my will, Father, but your will be done. In other words, he chose not my mission, just what I want to do, but may your mission, your will be accomplished through my life. And he lived gently. It says kids wanted to be around him. They went up and they wanted to play with him. In fact, there was an instance where the disciples were trying to shoo kids away, and he stopped him. He said, no, 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 let the kids come to me. Kids don't want to be around someone who's a fuddy-duddy or someone who is just harsh and ruthless. They want to be around someone who's gentle, who's understanding who's courteous, right? Who's patient. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5. I encourage you to read that. Read what the Bible says about love in Corinthians. Verse 3 of Titus 3, continuing. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, and slaves to various passions, pleasures. Wow. Passing our days in malice and in envy, hated by others, and hating one another. And then it leads into verse four, which is what we started with. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, of our Savior, appeared, He saved us. There was a point where Jesus was interjected into the human experience. He came in and established some things, He came in and planted some things to change the disobedient, the led astray, slaves to passions and pleasures. We're no longer slaves to passions and pleasures. We have the strength and the grace in our heart, in our spirit, that we can overcome temptation. We can overcome distraction. We can overcome all sorts of things. But it's all through the revelation and the realization of realizing what we have, right? If you think about it this way, what what do you, what would succeed in war? If you're in war, there's two aspects of war. There's a physical aspect, and there's a strategical aspect or strategy. There's strategy, excuse my English there. There's strategic strategies in war. And there's also the physical, you know, grunt work, for lack of a better term. When it comes to strategy, what is the best way to defeat your enemy? You feed them misinformation, you send spies in their camp. You, you, uh, you steal different tra- uh, messages being sent back and forth. You provide misinformation. You, you go in there and you start telling them, well, the guys that were supposed to be going to the East, you, you get in their, their systems and their communication. And you say, hey, go, they're going to the left. They're going to the West, right? You know, that's misinformation. Well, what does the enemy do in our lives? He wants to give us misinformation because if we have the misinformation on what we've received when we were born again, if he can twist it, and pervert it. In Acts chapter 2, when Peter gets up and proclaims even the gospel, he says, hey, be saved from a perverse generation. In other words, be saved from a twisted, confused, misinformed generation. Let the light of who God is and the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way, right? No one comes to the Father but by me. What does that mean? That means there is a truth that is revealed when we Dig into the Bible, which is a a record of Christ and who he is, who the last Adam was, right? This goes even back, as I kind of wrap up the conversation today, this goes back to Genesis. In Genesis, man was made in a specific image. The Bible says man was made in the image of God. That means Adam was made, Eve was made in the image of God, right? But see, Adam yielded to his flesh. There was a selfishness that came upon Adam, Sin entered the garden and affected the human experience. But see, Christ is called the last Adam, which means he comes in and where the first Adam failed and created byproduct and multiplied sin in the hearts of man, Christ has come and we have been born again. So what? That righteousness, wisdom, redemption, sanctification would be multiplied in the hearts of men. That we would actually begin to walk And what was lost in the garden, it's now been redeemed, it's been reconciled, but it comes back to, have we really received revelation? Have we really understood? See, most of Jesus' ministry was teaching. Yes, there was multiple instances of him healing. And John even says if, if there was record of all that he did and all the works that he did, there would not be volumes enough to hold it. So there's plenty of things that Jesus did on the earth that's not recorded for us. But as of what's recorded, you can see that a lot of what he was doing was teaching. He was explaining. He was revealing. He was. It said he would spend time in the synagogues. He would talk about the Father. He would read the scriptures. And there was even instances where people would say, how does he speak with such authority? It was because he had revelation of who he was and because he had revelation of who God was. So let's let today be a day where God reveals who he is to us. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's listening to the show. I thank you for blessing them. I thank you that they are understanding more of who you are, that you are revealing yourself to them through their word, through even the words of of this conversation today. And I thank you for your blessing upon their life, your grace upon their life, and that you're growing them in every single way.